It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thank you so much for being with us today. My name is Mike Bernard, here with me in the KFG studios with Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Have you ever considered yourself to be a financial role model for your kids or your grandkids? Do you like the way you're influencing their views on money, or is there more that you could be doing? Whether you've ever acknowledged it or not, we're going to help you become a better financial role model on today's episode. That's right. We're kicking it off there. We're going to, oh, second half the, of the program, going to hit questions from fans of the show. If you have a question you'd like us to hit on an upcoming program, you can reach us and send us your question a few different ways. You can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. WiseMoneyRadio.com is how you find us online. You can submit questions that way as well. The blog right there, by the way, is WiseMoneyBlog.com if you want to check that out. And then lastly, all over social media, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, just search Wise Money Show. You can submit questions on each of those mediums as well. You can also get content uh, there also. I'd encourage you to subscribe and like that, uh, each of those areas, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Okay, uh, answer this question for me. I'm going to give you a little radio silence as well. I really want you to answer this. Think, think about it. What did you learn about money growing up? What did you learn? That's, that's actually one of the questions that you might be asked when you come in and sit down with one of the financial planners on our on our team at KFG. That's one of the things we, there's so much of your financial life and our financial lives that's just behavioral. We just observed it growing up. So you're either going to live out uh, a story that's in concert or in rebellion to what you saw, but it starts with, well, what'd you learn about money growing up? And let me add to that with, as you answer that for yourself and think about, oh yeah, mom, dad was so strict or they weren't or whatever, whatever your answer is now for yourself. Are you creating the right story for your kids and grandkids for how you'd want them to answer that question? Also known as, do you consider yourself a financial role model? Have you embraced this idea that the words that you use, the actions that you take, the things that you tell your kids and grandkids about money, that that's actually influencing them in a, in a direct way? Have you embraced that as a financial role model? We're going to talk about that today. In fact, we've got three ways to help you become a better financial role model. But before we jump into that, guys, what's your take on just this topic, being a financial role model? Or maybe how would you answer that question? What did you learn about money growing up? Well, it's very it's a very interesting question, and it can cause people to feel insecure or feel defensive if you're depending on where you are if you are the person that's supposed to be a role model you could feel a little insecure feel a little defensive if you are the person that was supposed to have a role model you might feel like you got ripped off or you got a little cheated or or <laughs> or gypped if you will and i i think it's as i look back at at my life 
I've done what seemed to make sense, but I also had um, a, a dad who had a had a good job. We never had much, but we had enough. And so he taught us about saving. And so when you get your allowance, you, you give, you know, the first 10 cents goes to the church and then the next dime needs to get saved and then you have 80 cents to work with. And I found that I wanted to save the other 80 cents. And that's all I wanted to do. And I got more joy from saving than from spending. And that any of these kind of personal um, preferences, if you will, taking taken to their extreme will create misery. Mm. financial misery. Mm. So if I get more pleasure from saving, if I rule my family with an iron fist and say, we are savers, we will only save, the value comes from um, saving, I will will create a very miserable family. And if I said, look, we're going to spend, woohoo, we got to spend it, get whatever we can get our hands on, let's get that stuff spent, let's let's have a good time. I will create misery there as well. So s- somewhere in there, there's this there's this blend. Mm-hmm. Um, you think, well, the 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 greatest satisfaction would be on the far extreme end of one or the other, and it seems to me like if you were going to define financial success, it'd be shooting right down the middle, mm-hmm. the, the the perfect combination of planning, saving, but also spending. Because they you know, we, we talk about this this older generation, the the greatest generation, and they're they're going to be passing, I think the number it's about twelve uh, trillion down and we think, well, that twelve trillion is a lot of money. Um, that's got to be way more than the baby boomers. The baby boomers are going to pass about thirty-seven trillion down, but the baby boomers have done something that the greatest generation didn't do. The baby boomers have kind of lived a little bit. I mean, they're kind of. You say, how in the world are they passing that much money down when they were known as the hand-to-mouth generation? Well, they did. They lived, but they also there's a good chunk of baby boomers that have the money. So it, I think when um, when you look at a role model, and part of it is what you saw in your own family. And I would encourage you if you if you look at that and say, yeah, I had horrible role models, therefore I'm kind of off the hook as far as being responsible. I would I would encourage you to delete that thought from your mind right now. Mm-hmm. I love what you said though about kind of shooting down the middle, not going to any of the extremes. I, I wrote down the word balance. And it's interesting to try to have balance or to pass along this concept of balance to your kids between sacrificing for tomorrow versus enjoying today, right? Making decisions to save versus to spend, that sort of thing. And um, I, I've observed uh, in our own household as parents, man, it's it's hard to be a parent and to pass along the right values. I mean, it, it's a different day and age today than the one that I grew up in, and that's not me complaining that we've got it harder or anything like that. But uh, I, I also recognize that each child is different, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get pulled into the trap of trying to balance my my kids. So if you have one child who is a he he wants or she wants to be a spender 
if you try to pull too hard back the other direction to force them to be a saver, then they may resist it even more, right? So uh, teaching our kids balance is, um, is maybe the elusive but very necessary goal that uh, we, we need to have as, as parents. I, I feel like my parents got it right. Um, and uh, I, I feel like they've passed along a lot of great wisdom, even though we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, the, the, the one lesson that stands out to me is uh, we before I could buy my car or buy that bicycle or whatever, before I would spend money, there was always the question, well, do you have the money for the additional sacrifice it's going to require? Right. Wow. If you have a car, can you put gas in it? Can you maintain it? Will you have insurance for it? If not, then you might think you've got the money for the car, but you don't. Right. And how many people make that mistake when it comes to buying a, uh, a car or a house? Right. You can afford the down payment, but can you afford all the repairs and the upkeep and and whatnot, the emergencies that inevitably come up? So I feel like, boy, if, if I was going to pick one lesson that I learned growing up that was modeled to me, that one is paying dividends quite often. Mm-hmm. You said something there that I, I just want to draw out that... You seemed like your parents got it right. I mean, your parents are wise. Your dad, I've learned so much from him, so I'm not I'm not surprised by that. But you said almost as a as a surprise. And we didn't have a lot growing up. I don't think you need a lot of money to pass on to be a financial role model and pass mm-hmm. on financial influence. No, nope. you don't. It really it's it's money agnostic. The money that your parents have or that you have have as a parent uh, might influence what you might pass on to your kids. Certainly, that's what we're talking about. But whether you have a lot or a little, or however you define that, really mm-hmm. doesn't isn't a scapegoat for you being a financial role model. No, mm-hmm. you still are. And um, being intentional about what you're passing on to each individual kid since they each, I think both my kids are spenders. I, I'm, I'm afraid <laughs> of what's happening here. They, they, get, they get a Target gift card for their birthday and they want to go spend it immediately. I know you're not supposed to do math on the radio, but you have three kids. <laughs> That's right. Oh, did I say both my kids? Yeah. The only ones that have a choice right now. Easton, Easton has no choice. All he wants is more food. So, all right, we're going to break down how you become a better financial role model. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wherever you are in life, whether you are already a parent, maybe you're a grandparent, maybe you don't have kids at all, you're, you might define yourself as a kid right now. You are a financial role model. You are influencing the people around you, the people you care about with your financial decisions. Are you leading in the right direction? Are you a good role model? We're going to help you with that today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios with Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. Thank you to the attorneys at Ledoux, excuse me, South Bank Legal, formerly Ledoux Kern and Keene, as well as First State Bank for making the Wise Money Show possible. If you have any questions, we've got a few on deck to hit second half of the program today. Call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. 
877-222-2000. On the web, wisemoneyradio.com, and then social media, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search Wise Money Show. Okay, so you're a financial role model. Maybe you didn't embrace it, but when I ask you the question, what did you learn about money growing up? Vivid examples start popping up in your brain of things that were either said or displayed, things that you want to do, things that you obviously then, I don't want to do this. Um, So you're a financial role model because you were influenced by the behavior of people around you, and likewise, you're going to influence others. So how do you become a better financial role model. And I've got three suggestions today. They might, you might embrace them. You might not, but I would, we want to get the conversation started, get you thinking about this. So the first way I'd, we would recommend that you, uh, that you become a better financial role model is to talk to your kids and grandkids about money. So simple. But when I look back on my own childhood, I, I also, like Josh, I think my, my parents got it right. And I'm not just saying that because they listened to most of the episodes. <laughs> I do think they got it right. But there were a couple examples that stood out. And the one I would just put as sort of the, uh, the catalyst. In the summer going into seventh grade, my mom, my brother was going into eighth grade. My mom and dad challenged us that they would give us, I think it was, it was a lot of money. I think it was 250 or 500. Mom and dad, you just let me know. 250 or $500 each in the summer. It had to be 250. If we read a certain number of books in the summer, it was their way of saying, hey, you're not just on a break from school. You need to keep learning. And so we both said, yeah, I'll take that challenge. And when I finished, somehow my grandpa knew about this. He was very involved in our life, big influence on me. Um, and my grandpa knew about it. When I finished and got the money, I didn't even get a chance to think about what to do with it. He said, you know, you should put that in a CD. And I thought, Grandpa, I already have a, a disc man. You know, I don't need any more CDs. That's a lot. There'd be a lot of CDs. And he said, no, 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 let's go to the bank. And I'll tell you, uh, I'll have them show you what a, what a CD is. And so I didn't even really have a chance to think about it. And it sounded like a good idea. Again, I'm just going to trust my grandpa. And he brought me into... NBD Bank, and you know what was also great about my grandpa, he did this all the time, is I was a seventh grader, and he had me sit across from the banker and talk to the banker about it. And now he sat, he was in there with me, but he sat behind me, hmm. and he had me, and and I put that money in a CD, and I tracked the interest that I got. So talk to your kids about money. That, that mm-hmm. would be the first way to be a better role model. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's how you start to display to them what your own beliefs about money are. That's how you can pass along values to them that they can either embrace or change in their own life. But, you know, often we refer to that as having a money view. It's what your assumptions about money are, what your beliefs are, your values and your priorities. And, um, you know, even, even something like, are you teaching your kids that money is just given or is it earned? You know, uh, is it an allowance or is it something that they've earned and are being paid for work that they're doing to serve the family or, or, or whatever? Uh, that's teaching them something. Whether you ever sat down and thought about what it's teaching them or not, it is teaching them something. And so to me, before you even begin th- talking to your kids about money, I think it's important that you begin thinking about your own beliefs and your own system as well. And so, and money is is neutral in our um, economy as we see it. 
it's not good it's not bad it just is and so this is one thing that i would encourage you entitlement cannot be compartmentalized Hmm. so if i create a small entitlement with money the kids are wondering what else what else will mom and dad do for me what else can i get from mom and dad so it's very confusing because as parents you have to provide for the children so the question is well what does that provision look like and am i and then you need to assess yourself as a parent and say hey if i'm providing things for my children how am I doing this? Am I creating an entitlement culture? Am I using this money to control my children? Is this money that I'm um, using for my children, is this a gift or is it a wage? If it's a gift, there are no strings attached. Here's the money, do whatever you want with it and enjoy. If it's a wage, no, here's the money, but here's what I expect. I expect that you will show up on Sunday for Sunday dinner. I expect that you'll treat your mother nicely. Mm-hmm. I, whatever it might be as a family. So it's interesting to look at how how do you handle money? How do you think about it? How is money handled with you? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're talking about. The other thing that I would point out is a lot of times it's it's very intimidating because we're saying, hey, talk to your kids about money. And you might be sitting there going, well, no one ever talked to me about money. Right. How in the world do I do that? The great thing about uh, the, the current situation is you can go on the internet and search how to talk to your children about money. And there are all kinds of amazing resources. And I just, I did a quick search on that. And uh, the first one that came up was Dave Ramsey. We're, we're big fans of Dave Ramsey. He's got great guiding principles that you can live your financial life by. And in, he said, he gave five points, start slow, be honest, talk values, not figures, set family goals, and learn about money together. Wow, that's mm-hmm. great stuff. Mm-hmm. So, that's great. So if you don't know how to talk to your kids, there are ways to learn. And it would be, again, statistically, you probably didn't get talked to about money, but you can change that now with this generation. That's exactly right. And and it does begin with you getting clarity on your own convictions as well. Because keep in mind, your kids are out there in school or in the world, your grandkids, and they're comparing what their experience is to their peers, right? And they're going to ask you things like, well, why don't I have a cell phone? Uh, you know, Charlie does or Billy does or whoever does. Uh, why, why can they have it but not me? And you have to have conviction to stand up to the scrutiny that sometimes your kids are going to ask why, and you need to be able to give a compelling reason because um, you need them to accept what constraints or what kind of boundaries you put in place so that they can internalize it and carry it with them in life. Yeah, they might not like it, but... You, they, they need to hear you and, and accept it. So the first the first way to get better is to talk to your kids about money. The second way is to model to your kids. Lead by example. And even as we're sharing our own uh, little thoughts with, with even just talking about money, you just heard in there that how it, it, was, it was modeled. For me, I'll give another quick example. I remember early on, you know, this Josh, this plays right into uh, what you were just saying today's generation it's the cell phone so as a kid how soon do you get this cell phone or an ipod touch or whatever it is 
I don't know about you guys, but for me it was, when do you get a Game Boy? <laughs> like that was, whether you got a Nintendo was like a status symbol. Hmm. And a Game Boy or a Sega Genesis or like all the, or maybe at least it was boys, young boy, all the boys had them and we didn't. My parents, they, they didn't do it. And I remember when the Game Boy was all the rage, I remember for Christmas, it was, Mom and Dad, please, can we get a Game Boy? Please, can we get a Game Boy? And they just said, no, no, we're not. That They cost a lot of money. It's not helpful. We're not, we're not going to get you one. And I'll finish on this. This is, the, this is interesting. Um, we go to Meyer one day, and it's snowy and cold and rainy, and we, I open the door. I'm in the backseat. I open the door, and I look down, and I see a $100 bill. And my mom grabs it, and she goes into Meyer, and she, they go up to the counter, and they say, has anyone said they've lost money? And the clerk said no, and we waited there for a little bit. And underneath the Christmas tree that year was a Game Boy. Hmm. It turned out they cost 100 bucks, and they found the money. They tried to return it, tried to do it, but that, they said, we don't have the money for this, and then they found it, and that's how we got it. But hmm. anyway, more examples on how you can be a better financial role model. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. How do you become a better role model, financial role model for your kids, for your grandkids, for your friends, family, all that sort of stuff? Well, the first one is to talk to them about money. But the second, the way we're uh, talking about right now is you've got to display it. You've got to model it. You've got to lead by example. We're going to break that down as well as the third recommendation in just a second. Thanks for being with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike here in the KFG studios with Josh and Kevin. Thank you to Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and her inspired homes team of realtors serving Indiana and Michigan. Thank you very much. If you have a question that you'd like us to hit on an upcoming program, you can reach out to us a few different ways. First, find us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Just search Wise Money Show. WiseMoneyRadio.com is how you find us online. You can submit a question right there on the right. And then lastly, you can call or text your question in 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. All right. So how do you how do you become a better financial role model by displaying, by by modeling uh, what you'd want your kids to pick up on? How can you do that better? You know, one of the things that we've tried to do a little bit more of is do our thinking about money out loud so that the kids can actually hear your processing, understand why you're, maybe you want that thing, but you also are choosing to not go purchase it, that sort of thing. Yep. My kids know, I've, I've been talking for the past year, I've been planning my midlife crisis that I'm going to go get a motorcycle. And I, I'm, I'm not going to, I, I probably never will, but I want to. Right, um, but I, I maybe am too practical. There's too many other things that uh, we could be doing, and uh, there's dangers that come with it. Right, but my kids know I want it, and I need to help them understand that. Well, not everything you want in life is something that you should get. Right, my my son asked me the other day, Dad, can I go buy a hatchet? 
<laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> it, it took me like a half a millisecond to get no out of my out of my mouth, and it was probably a little too forceful no. And he he kind of went off in a huff and and said under his breath, "I knew you'd say no." And I'm thinking to myself, well, of course I'm going to say no. I, I barely trust you with a fork in your hand. I'm not going to give you a hatchet, right? I'm like, if you knew the answer was no, why'd you ask? Well, maybe he's just testing to see if it really is a, still a no. But as he's walking away, I, I did have the presence of mind to tell him, someday you'll be able, you'll be responsible enough to have a hatchet, but I don't think you're ready for that right now. Hmm. And I, I need him to understand why the answer is no. Not just that the answer is no, but why. And that's true in my own life as well. If I'm not going to buy a motorcycle, why am I not going to? Even though I want to, hmm. right? Yeah, I, 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 you just synthesized what I've sort of been thinking, and that is, yeah, explaining your process to your to to the kids. My kids, I, I don't know about yours, but um, they're fanatics about Disney. And so, you know, can we go to Disney? Can we go to Disney? And I use those examples or those those questions as examples as to, no, you need to save up for it. And or, you know, about, uh, oh, that car, Kuiper, oh, that car is so cool. Well, you know, those types of cars are a lot of money and here's how much they cost. And so, yeah, just thinking out loud with your kids about the financial choices that you're making. Yeah, there and there are... A f- a few ways to do it. I mean, a, a real practical way to do it is just take your kids shopping hmm. and let them see how you make decisions, how you process information, how do you decide, do I buy this or that? This mm-hmm. It could be a, as simple as a box of cereal. And I know that's that's fairly basic, but I would do that. I would make savings a priority and I would let them see how I'm making savings a priority, how I am deferring gratification, delaying gratification and saying, hey, listen, if we want this, let's get financially prepared for this. Hey, if we're taking this trip to Disney, this is how much mom and I are gonna have to set aside every month in order to be prepared to go to Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it is confusing to children, how how does money get in the bank? How do you spend money? Where does money come from? All these things. And one of the things that you, you need to, to learn if you don't already know it, is you just need to learn to say no. One of the best ways to be a role model for your children financially is learn to say no to yourself Mm. and um, learn to say no to your spouse whom you dearly love and you need peace in the household. But sometimes the right answer is no. And then learn to say no to the kids. I know everyone's got the $200 pair of cleats, but we don't you don't need $200 cleats. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a, that's a big fat no. You know, the one that I get wrong all the time is with f- if wasted food. <laughs> I've, just, I've had more financial lectures uh, of my kids when they're throwing some food out. And they're, they're not my best moments. You know, hearing how Josh explained the hatchet story, I think I want Josh to parent my kids. Because no. when, they, when, when Kuiper asks for two of something and then throws one and a half away, 
I go <laughs> nuts. I go nuts. And I use that. I, listen, buddy, I'm not home playing with you because I'm at work. And I'm at work <laughs> trying to earn money so that we can have these things. And to see you just throw it away drives me crazy. A lot of parents would, you know, go to underprivileged people and so on. Nope, I go right to the money with those. <laughs> not, a, not a good thing. Right. And so if you're listening, I would encourage you to not do that with your children. Exactly. Right? That's because, why I brought that up. Because if you want, you know, I, I grew up... Uh, chubby and we always bought the husky pants at at sears and it was because there were starving children around the world so you did not leave anything on your plate so so we decided again we're parenting in response to our parenting or the parenting we received we said look when you're done eating just be done eating and because the, the 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 minuscule cost that it cost to throw that food away is much cheaper than buying four different wardrobes between 25 and 45. See, now I want Kevin to raise my kids, too. <laughs> All right, so the third way to help you become a better financial role model is to seek wisdom and encourage your kids, your grandkids, to do the same. You don't know it all. I don't know it all either, and I do this for a living. Josh, Kevin, and I spend all day, every day, looking at people's financial lives, trying to get more equipped to add wisdom. And so we don't, but we don't know it all. So I, even when I laid out the very first, the very first way for you to be a better financial role model, it was talk to your kids about money. And immediately Josh went to, yeah, or Kevin went to, you need to have your own values right first. Well, that's, those are shaped by seeking wisdom. And and so you need to be doing that for yourself, but then you need to encourage your kids and your grandkids to be doing that as well. Whether things like reading some great books about wise habits, financial habits, um, listening to podcasts or radio shows like ours, um, but whatever it is, getting financial wisdom. And, and that's true in so many different topics. It may be something as practical as I, I'm remembering my son begging and pleading, I really want to get an electric guitar. And I, I told him, well, what do you know about buying an electric guitar? I don't know. I just want one. I like this white one. And so I, I encouraged him to go talk to, we have a friend who uh, plays in the worship band at church and he's an electric guitar player and this guy jams and he knows his thing. And I said, well, maybe you ought to talk to Mr. Mark and uh, see what he thinks. What, what brand should you look at and how do you get started playing a guitar, that sort of thing. And it's because I didn't know right? I don't know how to coach my kids on whether or not a guitar is a good idea or what the right brand is, but I know people who will. And so teaching them to seek out those in their life that has have wisdom in areas that they don't, um, I want that to be their instincts when they start bumping into new areas that are unfamiliar and they could make a mistake. If, if you are thinking of your um, financial role modeling and maybe your kids are young adults right now, uh, maybe, and this isn't a shameless plug, but maybe your way of helping them seek financial wisdom, get financial wisdom, is to connect them with their certified financial planner. We've had this. Kevin's done a great job with as kids are brought up in appointments. Um, Kevin's very quick to say, have them come in 
and meet with a financial planner. Don't just ask, oh, what should they do about this or how can they get better here? Have them come in and start the process. That's a way for them to get financial wisdom. So, all right, we've got some great listener questions. One from Melissa about what to do as a teacher when you're shifting from one school district to another, what to do with the retirement benefits. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard alongside Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn coming to you from the world headquarters of Corhorn Financial Group and the KFG Studios. Thank you for being with us. We are about to transition into listener questions. Have a great one from Melissa. Ah, just reminds me, we're in, it's summertime. Hmm. It's summertime. And some of you teachers are uh, maybe left one school and are going, you're going to start the next school year in a, in a new school and a new classroom. And Melissa's got a great question we're going to hit in just a second about that. Like Melissa, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us, submit them in a few different ways. You can call or text 574-222-2000. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com is how you find us there, and that's where you would uh, submit your question. And then lastly, all over social media, you can submit questions that way as well, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. In fact, I'd encourage you to subscribe to each of those mediums. That's where you get all of the uploaded content anytime we're submitting anything new, uh, every episode, and um, any new videos and other comments that we have, you will get that directly to your cell phone or to your laptop. All right. So Melissa is 39. She's from Mishawaka. Here's what she said. I'm a teacher and I'm shifting to a new school district this next year. What happens with my pension when I transfer? And what about my other retirement accounts? That's a great question. I mean, a lot of times a we believe everyone needs comprehensive financial planning. But usually there's a catalyst. Something happens. There's an event that happens in your life where all of a sudden you think, oh, yes, I do. And changing jobs can be that catalyst a lot of times. For teachers, same thing. This is, I mean, Melissa, you're changing jobs. But there's an added complexity here that you've got this this pension. And it's a little confusing. Most people don't understand how it works. If you, so you live in Mishawaka. If, you're, if you used to work at a school in Indiana and you're transferring to another school in Indiana, the good news is your pension should really stay the same. Your pension is run by the Indiana State Teachers Retirement Fund, or I think they changed the name. It's now TRF instead of Mm-hmm. turf or whatever, but it's, it's for the state. Um, so really nothing you need to do for your pension. Your 403B, however, which is your version of a 401k, that might need to change. The rules are a little, they've been loosey-goosey. It's sort of been the wild, wild west with 403, with schools and retirement plans. You used to be able to pick from several, and it was a little un 
uh, supervised, but now they're kind of shoring that up. And so the new school district, if you let's say you had your 403B at Valak, maybe the new school district only allows it at American funds or something like that. So that might need to change. And your old 403B, likely you'd want to move that into an IRA so you have more flexibility, more investment options. But your pension, no need, no need to worry. You'll just be able to pick right back up with the state at the new school district. I'm glad that Melissa mentioned the fact that she has a pension and other retirement accounts because I've actually run into a few people recently that don't realize that you can have a pension and a 403B. Yeah. The pension is provided to you by your school corporation, by your employer. The 403B is also another bucket that you can be pouring money into yourself. You can defer some of your paycheck, set it aside for retirement where it can grow in a tax-sheltered account for the future, and you get to control how it's invested as well. And so I, I love that, Mike, you're referring to the process of financial planning or having a coach who can help you coordinate all these different retirement resources. One is a future stream of income. Another is a pool of money that you could draw off of as you need to. But you have a lot of decisions and a lot of management responsibilities between here and retirement. And my bias opinion is that it's wise to have a financial coach who's making sure you don't make mistakes along the way. You have a lot riding on these resources building. Yeah, it's very interesting. Where I thought you were going, Josh, was you said, you know, people didn't know that they could have a pension, a 403B, and they can also, in addition to that, put money into an IRA. Good point. But what I have experienced, and this is what I love about teachers who are really passionate about what they do, I've run into a lot of teachers who had no idea they had a pension. Right. Mm. They've got the annuity savings account. I wanted to touch on that, too. Go ahead. Well, no, I just I, I, I love the heart of teachers, the, the, the pure teachers who just say, look, I am here to change the world and change lives and I'm going to teach. Mm-hmm. And they are almost oblivious to the, the financial ramifications and impact. And so I say, well, listen, if that's you, if you're passionate about teaching, come work with someone who's passionate about finances, because we can show you how because we've seen it over and over and over again. It's There's just a small sacrifice. A small sacrifice over a long period of time puts teachers especially in the most incredible financial deci- uh, position yeah. to be able to have great freedom and great choices. When you are ready and you say, hey, it's time for me to get out of the classroom, you want to be financially prepared to be able to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this thing called the annuity savings account. It's attached to your pension. You get a statement on that. And a lot of times teachers think that's their pension or that's their retirement. And you know what else, Melissa, you're 39. I see a lot of teachers who maybe didn't make a conscious decision as to how that annuity savings account was to be invested. And you show up at 60 or 62, say, okay, I'm ready to meet with a financial planner. I'm getting close to retirement. And you look and there's 130000 in annuity savings account sitting in the guaranteed fund. Mm-hmm. At 62, maybe you should have some of the in the guaranteed fund, but to have it from age, you know, 22 to 62 sitting in there just earning 1%, ooh, that 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 could be a big mistake. So so get get some help. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when I started in my career, the the guaranteed savings account was paying 7.75%. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, where where can you get that? And so it's there's kind of this cultural memory that the guaranteed account 
pays a great interest rate, mm-hmm. and that's where you should have your money. It's kind of like in the 90s when people were saying CDs are paying 10%. No, they're not. They were a decade ago, but they're not today. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Uh, and, and just speaking of passionate teachers, so Kipe had his kindergarten graduation recently, and man, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Maybe, <laughs> maybe these teachers just love these kids, and and mm-hmm. you guys know I'm a crier, so I was of course crying. So, of course. All right. Next question. Jenny is 42, also from Mishawaka. This is interesting. Talking about the kiddos, I was delighted to see the tax credits for my kids that they helped me so much on my taxes this year. Will that happen every year or is that sort of a one-time change? So I'm encouraged that you saw a difference that your your kids are now worth a little bit more or just a little bit differently on, mm-hmm. on your taxes. So who can break that down and and uh, well, I I think what Jenny was recognizing was that you used to have a deduction for your kids, and they may have also been eligible for a thousand dollar credit as well. Well, the deduction went away, and the credit went up to two thousand. And maybe more importantly for some of you, you used to have if your income was too high, you might not actually get that thousand dollar credit, and they have dramatically raised the the bar on how much you're allowed to have an in income before they. Start start taking away the $2,000 benefit. So more families are saving money in taxes because they have children under the age of 17 at home, and it's to the tune of two grand. There's also a new $500 credit for those who, those children that go over age 17 if they're still a dependent of yours. Yeah, I was going to mention that as well. You know, without knowing the ages of your kids, you might, you might be looking and saying, wow, I got, I got an extra 500 bucks here that I used to, used to not not get. So to your question of, hey, is this a one-time thing or is that going to happen uh, every year? No, those that's part of the new tax laws that confused a lot of people and so should be around. Yeah, it's not permanent. So that they've, they've got to make that permanent, but I would say plan on it being there. And remember, we, we already mentioned this a couple of times, but age 17, when your child turns 17, that year, you will not get that child tax credit anymore. And the fact that it's $2,000 that suddenly goes away, that can make a meaningful change in your tax picture. For some, that will take them from nice refund to suddenly owing, and they have no idea why it happened. And so I, I feel like it's just important to always be underscoring the importance of tax planning, being proactive and understanding what 2019 is going to bring that 2018 didn't bring. So knowing how the the changing of the calendar year is going to impact you and your tax picture, that's really at the heart of financial planning, looking forward, not just looking back. Yeah. Great question. And it's also awkward. They turn 17, they're still in high school. If they're going to college, you might get some tax credits for that as well, but there's this pocket in between where your refund could go crazy. And so mm-hmm. doing proactive planning, absolutely necessary. All right. Thanks for the question, Jenny, as well as Melissa. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and myself, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.